All right, welcome. Thank you all for coming in. It's a Monday, and you are listening to Across the Middle. We got a special little pod, a little different than what we have been doing previously. We're done with the divisions, and we're uh, we're going into the draft. We're diving in. It is episode 10, and this is time for draft season. Uh, I'm Bob Berry, and with me as always is Christopher Hoover. How are we doing, Chris? It's draft season, baby, and I'm fired up. Yeah, I am excited. We're doing a, a draft-focused pod today with a heavy, heavy dose of uh, fantasy. You betcha. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about what, uh, what you got in store for us, Hoop. Well... Um, to tease the very end of the episode, we're going to go over my big board for fantasy football and uh, who I'll be drafting in the Dynasty League draft that I'm in, that I'm super pumped about. And then we're going to go over positional rankings as well to start off and uh, talk about ideal data sets, uh, landing spots, player overviews. We're going to cover it all, but mostly stick with the positional players. Yeah, I think uh, I think this one because there's a heavy dose of fantasy uh, focus. We're we're really only going over quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end because uh, yeah. no other position matters when it comes to fantasy. And then later yeah. on, we'll we'll maybe touch on defense or O line and that type of stuff, but not today. Today's a fantasy draft. Yeah, you betcha. All right. Well, uh, why don't why don't we start with quarterback? Let's do it. Let's start with quarterback. And what I do when I when I come up with my own rankings for fantasy football is look at a data set of what the current top tier players are at their position and what they have in common. So this is research that I didn't do, but research that I found and I I verified and I stand by and I think it's it's a great uh, benchmark for where to start your your process uh, when ranking players. So the top 12 quarterbacks in fantasy football right now have these things in common with the exception of a few outliers. So the first thing they have in common is first round draft capital. They're all taken in the first round. Um, college yards per attempt of 8.0. Yards per attempt with one season of 8.5 plus. The third, college completion rate of over 62% with one season over 65%. The fourth best college season is 3,500 yards passing with 35 total touchdowns. Best season rushing 400 yards. And then lastly, career interception rate below 2.75. So all those things would mean that this quarterback or this player is elite at their position if they reach all these benchmarks. And you see a few quarterbacks in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, those caliber players do meet all these benchmarks. Again, with some outliers like Kyler Murray, uh, Lamar Jackson, those types of players. So that's the first thing I look at. When you're looking at that criteria, I think at first mm-hmm. you were saying like the top 12 uh, players at quarterbacks in fantasy football. But then when you're talking about the criteria, you're talking about what they did in college, right? Yep. Yeah. What did these players do in college pre-draft uh, to, to get them to be one of the top players in fantasy football? 
Okay. All right. I think, uh, I think I'm with you now. And you broke it down into like a tier system for us, right? I did. Yeah. I think it's not, it's not a good practice to say this player is the fourth best player. And then this player is the fifth best player. Sometimes there's a huge tier break. And sometimes the difference between three and four really isn't that different. So I did break it out into tiers. So uh, unless there's any other questions on your end, I can start at quarterback with tier one. Um, I'm curious, did you put any bonus value if they were Ohio State players? Because that's usually what I do when I'm drafting in fantasy. <laughs> I have no allegiances to colleges, um, even like Florida State. Well, that's State. probably why you have some championships and I don't. <laughs> You're just telling me you just draft Ohio State players usually? Yeah, if, you, if you're wondering why uh, I'm playing the host role and not the analytic, um, it's because I'm not very good at fantasy football. Uh, I think, and that's putting it—that's putting it lightly. <laughs> well, if you were just draft Ohio State players, you're still doing something pretty good, I would say. <sighs> yeah, maybe. Well, let's all right. Well, let's quarterback let's get tier one. Yeah. Um, Trevor Lawrence, obviously number one, and I think he's a generational player. I haven't seen a quarterback like this in a decade. I would consider Andrew Luck the closest thing. And I, I think personally he's, he's, he's a better prospect than Andrew Luck was for a number of different reasons that we can get, get into. But in terms of these benchmarks that I mentioned, he, he met every single one of these. Um, so that's a good place to start. And then the next thing I like to do is simply go to YouTube, type in the player's name, then type in verse and hit enter. And you can watch all their game film. Uh, free of charge and it's something that i enjoy doing is right before bed is just watching a few game films of each player and uh, assessing where i feel like they are based off of my experience of watching football but um and then it, again using some data is that the all 22 it's not the all 22 it's the uh, broadcast version which actually for quarterbacks that's that's not that big a deal because yeah for running usually backs, the all cameras 22 is important um, yeah, but quarterbacks, it's eh. it, it helps, but it's not mm -hmm. a necessity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think I think most people would uh, put Trevor Lawrence certainly in tier one and number one on their board for fantasy as far as quarterbacks go. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, he, he was a stud in college. I mean, I think a lot of people don't really realize how great of a runner he was. I mean, he's he's a pass first guy, but yeah, he's, he's very athletic. Yeah, he is. Uh, the fact that he he had a best season over 400 yards rushing, hands down. Uh, he's a big guy as well. He he's quick. He's not like super quick like some of these other guys we'll talk about, but he's at least quick enough to to pick up 10, 15 yards scrambling. Um, the thing he does that I like is he, he uses his legs to buy more space, similar to what Justin Fields will, will do rather than using them to run first. Um, he can buy some time, which I think is is incredibly helpful uh, with the first couple seasons going into the NFL. Amazing arm, amazing accuracy. He, I, don't, I don't know if he can, there's a throw we can't make. I've seen him do it all. And uh He's a smart guy. I feel like he runs the office and offense in Clemson. He has for years and he has the pedigree and the consistency to back it up. Um, the other thing I really, really like about when I'm looking at players is 
consistency from high school to college to projecting what they're going to do in the NFL. And him and Justin Fields were top prospects in high school, had consistency every year in college. So there's nothing that tells me that they're going to be bad in the NFL. Uh, every sign is pointing to them producing in the, in the next level as well. Yeah, he's, he's a blue chipper for sure. Um, he's a generational player. I think there's probably two or three generational players in, in this draft. He's absolutely one of them. Now, should we even touch on ideal landing spots? Because I think he's pretty much locked up. I do want to do that with other positions, but I know, him. no, I know. That's why I'm yeah. saying it. That's something we're going to do as we go on. But for him, uh, does can we just skip it? He's going to be a Jaguar. I, I'll say though that I think the fact that Urban's going to be in Jacksonville, he's going to Jacksonville. Um, they've been shown, they've shown to spend some money, like their receivers, Chark and Chenault. So I think the weapons are going to produce for him early on. A decent offensive line, but Urban Meyer's scheming a pretty cool, unique offense for him. I think is going to help as well. If he went to the Jets, I wouldn't feel as excited unless Urban was going to go there as well. So the fact that he's going to Jacksonville, I think, is even more of a reason to like him. Do you think the fact that he can't grow a mustache will hurt him in Jacksonville? <laughs> it's never hurt me living in Florida. <laughs> yeah, look at you. <laughs> don't worry your beard will grow in Come. I, sh- I shaved today <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. all right let's go to number two number two and uh number two on my big board as well justin fields an ohio state quarterback um i want you to do a lot of the talking here but i will say he uh he reached five of the six benchmarks so that's that's a great you know, place to start. I think the one that he missed was, if I recall, uh, 3,500 passing yards. He was just shy of that. So not going to be super disappointed about that. Um, he, he ha- He's incredible. If Trevor Lawrence wasn't in this draft, I would be super excited with him being the first quarterback on my big board. Yeah, I, I think he does a lot of things well. I think he still... I mean, when you watch when you watch him play, he still will hold on to the ball and wait for those long developing routes. And yeah. and I don't know if that's just him or mm-hmm. if it's the scheme. Like, mm-hmm. is he supposed to wait? Because we run a lot of double moves, a lot of, you know, he's checking one side of the field and just waiting for the big play. Yeah. And I, I don't know if that's the scheme or the fact that our O-line is usually a lot better than the competition and so he just feels like oh i can i could probably hold on to this for four to five seconds when in reality in the nfl if you're holding on to it for three seconds or more you are holding on for you know holding on to the ball a little too long yeah and i don't think it's a bad thing like it it could be a mix of both let's say he is somebody who holds on to the ball a little bit longer to get a deeper throw for someone who's making a second cut in the route I, i think that's that, that's not a bad thing. Um, ideally, you'd have, want the ball out quicker, uh, but the, the most sacked quarterback of the last 10 years is Russell Wilson by a long shot. Uh, I looked, I saw it today, they showed like most sacks uh, per year, and he owned like eight of the 10 years. And he, he's someone who's notorious for holding onto the ball, holding on, scrambling, buying time, throwing it deep. 
and he has no issues at all being a top quarterback in fantasy um, as well as in the NFL. So uh, for me, it's not that much of a concern being someone who holds onto the ball. Um, curious though, to ask you, there's been a lot of Ohio state quarterbacks who've come out and none really that successful, not really a lot of draft capital. I think Haskins was the only one in the first round of late. Um, but yeah, from, from your knowledge of watching Ohio state for as long as you have, where does he rank with the other quarterbacks? As far as how confident I felt, because I'm one of those watchers of, you know, my favorite team where they're going up against Penn State, you know, every year. And it's it. I'm nervous every time, even though, you know, we we win more way more than we lose. Mm -hmm. Penn State actually is a bad example because they actually beat us pretty, you know, once or twice every five years. But he's been the quarterback that I felt the most comfortable with under center. So I think mm. that's, that's the best thing I could say about him is yeah, I, I feel the most comfortable with him. I don't feel like he's going to let me down. Whereas watching Braxton Miller, I was, I was always just, well, he can't throw the ball. So <laughs> he's going to have two juke highlight, you know, highlights that uh-huh. will be on ESPN and they're going to show it over and over a spin move where the guy wasn't even close, but it's a yeah. pretty good spin move. Um, I think as far as in, the NFL goes, the quarterback with the most success was a player who switched positions. Um, it's not Braxton Miller. Do you have a guess who that is? Oh my God. I don't. Um, I'll, I'll let you oh, think about uh, it. Oh, uh, prior. Yeah, Terrell Pryor. Terrell I think Pryor. he's actually he probably a receiver. Yeah, he's probably actually the quarterback at Ohio State that had the most success in the NFL. Because yeah, yeah, he's... we don't we don't have much success at that position in the NFL. Um, but I don't know. Justin Fields is the first quarterback to go fully through uh, Ryan Day's system. It's different mm-hmm. than Urban Meyer. It's dif- different than Trestle. So even though it's the same helmet, it's it is different technically. I mean, Dwayne, he was, Ryan Day was the offensive coordinator for Dwayne Haskins, but it was one year and it was still Urban Meyer as head coach. So there was a lot of that influence. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I think he can succeed. Um, I, I will be rooting very hard for him wherever he lands. Yeah, me too. I love him. I, I had him. I, I, I like to, look at two years when doing dynasty rankings. So I look at this year and I'm also looking at the 22 class just to gauge what what that looks like. And when I was doing this last year, I had him and Lawrence above Tua, above Burrow, above Herbert. Um, I I love these two guys. And I think last year showed uh, that they can handle it as well. And I think it'd be criminal if the 49ers don't take them. Um, And if they don't, then I think him landing in Denver or New England is also a good landing spot. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he is extremely athletic, but he's also one of, if not the most accurate quarterback in this draft. So, great. I think if he gets in a system that you know is more West Coast, get the ball out of your hands quick. Um, 
you'll you'll see that won't be the problem. But I don't actually know if that's the best offense for him. I think using his legs I, right now, the Kyle Shanahan offense is really popular. A lot of teams are running it. I think he'd be great in that with a rollout, you know, bootleg option to run, option to pass. Mm-hmm. It schemes up your receivers, gets them open, and he can hit an open guy with no problem. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, the, the, the one knock on Fields um, that I personally didn't see, but I'm hearing is his ability to, his inability rather, to, to breed a de- defense and make the right throw. Um, he, he just looks at his first read and that's it. But if you're doing that in Kyle Shanahan's office, like offense, what better offensive coordinator or in coach to to be with to, to have you just say throw it here? This is where you want to go. Um, so I don't think it's it's a huge concern if I were them. Yeah, no, I uh, I think he's he's gonna I think he's gonna be great. I really enjoyed watching him. Yeah, two years. Me too. Tier two. Should we hit tier two for quarterback? We'll go yeah, let's quick do it. For these guys, Zach Wilson, uh, and then Trey Lance. So, Zach Wilson, three, Trey Lance, four. Um, but I think it's basically a coin flip. Uh, Trey Lance has a ton more upside, uh, I think, personally, but a lot more risk. He, he's a huge quarterback, and he's really strong and could run. He reminds me so much of Cam's build, but with a better arm. Um, didn't get to see a lot of tape of his. I think I watched three or four games, um, but it's almost like you're watching high school film with the type of talent that they play with. And he was just a man amongst boys. Uh, Zach Wilson, on the other hand, one of the best arms, uh, I think, in in this in this class, uh, even in last last year's class. He. Anytime I watch him throw, it looks like he's throwing a Nerf ball. It's it's one of the prettiest motions. It's one of the prettiest balls. He has an, a great deep ball. He also can move. Uh, I, th- I think he's a really, really good quarterback. Um, I wish the Jets wouldn't take him because I'm worried what they're going to do with him a little bit. Uh, but he, he meets all these metrics. He hits five of the six. Trey Lance hit four of the six. So there was nothing on tape that I saw with either of these players that would lead me to be too concerned they just weren't as accurate as the other two yeah i actually i I mean not fantasy put fantasy aside for me just evaluating i i would put zach wilson in tier one um i i really like him he's he's still a little thin for the position he's six foot three 210 Mm -hmm. um but yeah i i did watch multiple of his games and i was very impressed yeah I mean, you watch like three games of his you're like okay i get it that's a beautiful football yeah i he's one of those his last year which he kind of came out of nowhere um was incredible but the years before that uh not not nearly as good but he was battling with some injuries and stuff so you yeah, can i was gonna write say it caveat off. there is is he was injured yeah um so you can kind of write some of that off but I mean, being fully healthy in 2020, uh, yeah, he was awesome. A completion rate of 72.7 mm. uh, is fantastic. <laughs> you love to see it. <laughs> yeah, I, I love him. He he kind of I don't I don't really want to compare him to great people in 
and make you feel like, oh, you're getting this player. But mm-hmm. he he has some off-platform throws where he just kind of does a little backyard football stuff. That's great. And you can imagine whatever player you want there that uh, plays like that in the NFL. But he is fun to watch. He is super fun to watch. Great arm. He's also a, a gamer. I, I love the dude wears a headband. In heaven happens, <laughs> I was just I'm all about in. to say, you have to love the headband. You've been <laughs> rocking headbands lately. Is it because of Zach Wilson? Is that why you're doing it? Maybe, 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 maybe. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think Zach Wilson is he, he's easily the best quarterback in next year's class, as well as Trey Lance. Um, I think he probably is like right behind Herbert in last year's class, personally. Uh, but he is he's awesome. Jets fans should be extremely happy they're getting him. And uh, as a Patriot fan, I'm very nervous, much more nervous than the Dolphins getting Tua. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say everything's locked up, but it does feel like that's where the Jets are going. It's, yeah. We still got a little bit of time to find out. Some as far mystery. as the Trey Lance, I I actually think his body type reminds me of Dak Prescott. Is that, oh, is weird. that weird? If you remember in uh, Mississippi State, Dak Prescott was a running quarterback. Yeah, he and was. He's, he's Trey Lance is six foot four, you know, 230. And I, I, that's that's kind of who he reminds that, that me of. Does not, feel... It's not blaze. He's not blazing fast. I mean, he's plenty fast, but he's he is a little bit of a bruiser. Yeah, I've seen him run some guys over, and I was like, oh my god. The thing I don't like about him is his motion is slow. Uh, I, whenever he throws the ball, I can see the like his arm motion dips down a little too low, and then it takes a while to wind up. Whereas Zach Wilson probably has one of the quicker emotions in the class and then trevor lawrence just feel up good motions but trey lance is, is one of the slower ones and that's concerning a little bit to me in the nfl yeah i mean north dakota state has developed some quarterbacks but i i you know i don't know what type of quarterback coaching he's getting there because you know i don't i don't hear about the bison very often so i don't know he could no. he could uh he could be just needing the right coaching um yep. but but he hasn't really played very much um he's played three seasons two starters but last year uh north dakota state only played one game and the year before that i mean he played a full season but i mean to put it into perspective he has in his career um somewhere around what uh 315 passing attempts and trevor lawrence in his freshman year had 257 completions. <laughs> oh, um, man. So he he has not played very much football. He hasn't played the position as He has much. a lot of gas in that tank left, though. That arm could <laughs> yeah. go for years yeah. and years. So I th- he's he's one of the guys I, I, I think is best suited to sit a year and learn and not get rushed yeah. out there. Yeah, I think if the Falcons keep that fourth pick, what a great, great spot for him. Sit behind Matt Ryan for two years with those weapons. I, I would love that if I were if I were them. Um, I my, my actually, concern, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say my concern would be if he uh, went to Denver where he has to start right away. Um, he could probably sit in Detroit as well for a year, and Detroit would, would absolutely love a, a type of player like that. 
uh, running quarterback who can run people over, remind you of Josh Allen a little bit, similar type fan base, blue collar workers. So Detroit would really, I think, benefit from having a guy like him. Yeah, Detroit was actually where um, I was going to say my ideal landing spot is because he yeah. could sit behind Goff. Mm-hmm. Um, and the head coach, new head coach there came from the Saints and uh, he had Hill, Taysom Hill. Oh, and yeah. and I think he could run a similar type of thing like early on to just get him going and learn, mm-hmm. you know, when he eventually does start. I could see yeah. him as a better Taysom Hill, like a much better, but. Tier three. Yeah, let's do it. Tier three, uh, Mac Jones. And then um, he, he's the only guy in tier three, tier break again, and then Kellen Maud. And I, I'm going to stop there because I wasn't thrilled with any of the other quarterbacks. Um, Mac Jones met four of the six metrics. Kellen Maud, we'll talk about him too as well. He met three of the six. Uh, the the thing I liked about Mac Jones, obviously, is he looked damn good. Like, amazing performance last year. Not a lot of flaws in his game, other than the fact that he's in mobile. Uh, he has a good arm. He's accurate. Good at reading the offense. Maybe that was just the offense, TBD. Um, but the thing that I, I don't like is it's just like nothing really popped. It felt more average. I believe when I was doing my research, he, his receivers have the most yards after catch. So it's not like he, I mean, obviously if you put the ball in the right area, receiver catches it, that contributes to yards after catch, but nobody's debating the talent between, you know, with Devonte Smith and Jalen Waddle. So he easily had the most weapons uh, with this, with this quarterback class and uh, he delivered, but it wasn't like, Oh wow, he's going to be unbelievable. Like you kind of know what you're getting with him. Yeah, I I don't think he does anything that necessarily jumps off the screen, but but I do like Mac Jones. I think if this was 10 years ago and the NFL was still trying to find that new, you know, the next Tom Brady, next Peyton Manning, yeah. the pocket statues, like Philip Rivers, Mac Jones would have would be talked about higher. Because, yeah. again, 10 years ago, Trey Lance and Justin Fields and even Zach Wilson to, you know, some extent, quarterbacks who were mobile, they were like, nope, that's an injury risk. We mm-hmm. can't have that. We need our quarterback out there every snap. We want this guy to stands behind the pocket. But then I think statistics actually show you're more likely to get hurt if you just stand there like a statue. <laughs> Yeah, you uh, as opposed move. to being able to avoid defenders and not get hit hard, but you gotta I don't move. know. I I do to to circle back to Mac Jones. I I it's hard to fault him for having mm-hmm. great weapons, but at the same time, he didn't have to throw into as many tight windows as quarterbacks with lesser talent around him. So it's yeah, you know, it, it's one of those things. He hasn't proven he can't do it with lesser talent. He was the beneficiary of incredible skill position you know wide receivers around him and a great o-line but some of the other quarterbacks above him also had not equal talent but great talent in comparison to who they were going up against week to week um i i like him i don't know if he has as high a ceiling as the others you put ahead of him but Mm -hmm. i think he has a higher floor than multiple of them yeah i think he has a higher floor than wilson and lance 
Um, but the ceiling is is not even close to where they can get. Yeah. So if you're looking for a conservative type quarterback to to hold on for you know eight <laughs> ten years, he's your guy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if, so, if you're looking to get like an elite player, uh, I wouldn't recommend it. That's that's fair in a fantasy you know dynasty format where you're drafting somebody who's never shown you anything in the NFL and you're kind of just hoping for something that's going to win you you know mm-hmm. money mm-hmm. mac jones is is not the big payout that some yeah. of the others are like yeah he might actually start a couple weeks because he's safer but yeah he's he's not the guy that's going to put up 45 a couple times a year no yeah his ceiling fantasy wise is uh qb 12 and his floor is probably qb 16 18 which is I- Early on, I'd say obviously lower than that, but yeah, yeah, um, early on, yeah, dynasty speaking in three to five years, that's what you're looking at. Um, Landing spots for him, San Francisco's been a buzz. I don't see it personally, but he would be perfect there. Similar weapons to what he had in Alabama in terms of yards after the catch. Uh, Denver's also a good landing spot. I think Denver would love a player like him, somebody who. Denver has a great team already in place. They just need a quarterback, and that's a, a good spot for him to land if uh, San, Francisco, San Francisco doesn't take him. Yeah, I, I do really like him at Denver because they have pretty good weapons there. Um, the The San Francisco one, do you, you just believe still that's smokescreen? You're not I buying do, into yeah. it? Yeah, I do. I think it's smokescreen. I think they're going to take Justin Fields. They're smart. They know what they're doing. <laughs> they're smart they know what they're doing so that means if they take mac jones we're idiots nope they're idiots <laughs> they're idiots we're, cha- we're changing uh changing our tune nope we're actually wrong they are just dummies just big uh, old to, dummies over there to touch on kellen mod a little bit uh for me the biggest question mark is going to be draft capital if a team t- takes him day one or two so first two rounds then he's going to he, he's going to be right behind Mac Jones. If he slides to day three, four, I don't think I'm going to be taking him in any, any league. Um, he, he's strictly all upside. He reminds me so much of Jalen Hurts style upside, a guy who nobody was like really expecting much comes in the league, pretty good arm, way better on the ground, similar to Kellen Mond. Uh, I think, this that's where he lands. He meets three of the six criteria. So strict upside play depending on draft capital. Um, as far as landing spots yeah. for all these quarterbacks, I'm gonna I think you wrapped it up pretty good there with Kellen Mod. Um, teams that are needing quarterbacks that are later in the draft, like do you think one of them, like maybe the Saints, I know they just paid a bunch of money to hill um like the saints the bears uh pittsburgh presumably in the future yeah washington the pit the pats patriots um like what do they do (laughs) green bay yeah i mean honestly another first round quarterback and they might make another deep playoff run so are you asking what are they going to do at quarterback uh for the future or or this year yeah what like what do they do right now? Uh, do you think I, any of them should jump up and try to get one of these guys? I, Yeah, I think they all should. I think it doesn't seem like that's what they're going to be doing. 
Now that's a great teams. question there, people. If you're wondering how to interview someone, just give them the, the yeah, I think they all should. What a dumb question. Um, <laughs> give, go on. Give, give me the answer so I can <laughs> do the layup. Um, mm -hmm. No, I think the Bears definitely should, but it doesn't seem like they're going to with Andy Dalton. Uh, Washington, similar, but they got Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, it's almost like these teams saw what was going to happen in the future and were like, just we're going to settle. We're going to settle and then we'll, we'll kick it off to next year, which again, I do not like next year's quarterback class. Um, I think this is the year where there's three, four really, really strong quarterbacks. And I would absolutely trade up if I were one of these teams. Uh, next year does not there's a lot of average guys in the, in the Mac Jones range. Um, so if that's what you like kick it to next year, but otherwise I'd absolutely trade up. All right. I think, uh, I think that wraps up the quarterbacks. Let's go to running backs, uh, running backs. So, yeah. What's I'll, the I'll, uh, criteria for you in evaluating running backs? So it used to be day one. It was a priority, but in the future, there's going to be no day one running backs. That's just how it's going to be going. So I'm going to start, kind of losing that as a criteria and looking at day two, day three. But for the sake of this example, top 15 running backs were day one, day two draft capitals. They ran a sub 440, sorry, sub 4640. Their weight was above 205 pounds and a body max index of over 30. A college season with over 20 catches. That's really important transitioning to the next level freshman sophomore production of a thousand plus combined yards and then uh, six plus yards after yards per carry so those were all of them any of those like surprising to you or interesting that i i focused on that um i think the 20 catches that's probably the one that is more important in evaluating running backs now than it's ever been yeah um, and again we're looking more so at fantasy running backs than NFL running backs, running backs all have different roles in an offense, but we're looking at three down running backs who are going to be on the field all the time for your team. I feel like um, one of them would be the six yards, uh, college yards per uh, carry. Carry. I, I feel like that one is probably a little misleading because um, a lot of that has to do with the O-line in front of them. Mm -hmm. um so i don't i don't i mean it, it is good obviously a, a better running back behind a worse offensive line will still perform better than a worse running back but uh, i think the running back or uh, the o-line plays a huge role on that side eh, yeah i don't know if it's perfect but it's good cool well as i mentioned that's one thing i look at the other the other's tape and i just kind of reiterate what i see uh when looking at the data and for me, my number one running back is Travis Etienne. I I love this guy. Uh, he he was my favorite running back last year. Then he didn't declare. He he played another year, senior year, but he can do everything. He's going to be on the field all three downs. He meets all these criteria. Six of six. He was incredibly productive from his freshman, sophomore year, junior year senior just like trevor lawrence he was consistent every single year um he's incredibly quick he's he's his 40 times actually not the quickest in the draft 
Um, but I think if you put pads on and you watch him run, he he runs away from guys. So I think for running backs personally, I would like to see them do like a 40 with pads on. Uh, I think you're, you're getting a better gauge there. But he he hits all my boxes and he's he's awesome. He's agile. Like I said, he's quick. He breaks tackles. He's a complete package. Well, it sounds like you really like this guy. Love him. I love Travis Etienne. <laughs> For me, the thing that I'm going to be concerned about is landing spot. And more so than any other position with running backs, landing spot is incredibly important. And uh, it kind of depends on where he's going to go. And yeah. some teams I would like to see him go to would be Miami would be interesting. Uh, Pittsburgh would be interesting. And I would also like... Had one other one I want to cover. Well, I'm Seattle. sure it'll, Seattle. Well, that would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think when uh, watching the Clemson Ohio State game the last two years in the playoffs, Travis Etienne was he definitely stood out. Uh, the first the first game um, two years ago, he definitely was a nightmare for me. Um, mm-hmm. He is he has got a burst. Um, he's, he's got a very fast first step. He, yeah. He just seems like he's already going. Yeah, he's um, a good one cart running back too. I mean, he, he sees a hole, he goes and then he's gone. And, uh, if he's out in space, he's breaking the tackle or he's making a move to, to break himself free. Um, it, for me, like if I were doing like a Madden rating, I know this isn't what we're doing, but if we were to do like matting ratings, he'd be 88 in everything. Like just damn good everything. at everything. He's he's not a lead at like breaking tackles or or catching, but he can do everything. He is I think I think he had uh last year the most um yards after contact, like of all the running backs last year in college. Yeah. Which is kind of surprising for his size, but it, it just kind of lets you know he doesn't he doesn't get hit straight on very often because he is elusive. No, one of the things too is when he does get hit, like he moves, but he keeps his legs under him. Like he'll bounce and then like gain his his um, balance and then just take off again. And a lot of these other running backs, Javante Williams, Najee Harris, when they hit guys, they either run him over or they gain like an extra couple yards with the guy on him. Travis Etienne kind of like bounces off him a bit and then keeps going, which is interesting. That's a a business decision. uh, (laughs) You're in college, you don't get paid, um, and they know they're going into the NFL, so you you just go down, (laughs) save yourself the injuries. That's a business decision. It's a business. Um, No, I'm I'm joking. But yeah, I think Travis Etienne was one of those last year. If he came out, he was the clear number one. This year, he had a little bit of a down year. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what you, you know, credit that too but uh he he did have some fumbles this year which was not characteristic of him so he's his stock is down so maybe team uh, team's gonna get really lucky with him hopefully not in the first round if any gms are out there listening which i know you are uh (laughs) do not take a running back in the first round second round only yeah uh is uh number two and javante williams number three and i mean i like Najee Harris and Javante Williams to me are so close. Um, they're like tier one A. Uh, they're they're right there uh, with Travis Etienne, 
and landing spot is going to be important to me for a lot of these guys. Uh, Najah Harris hit all of these except for the freshman sophomore production of a thousand plus yards, which he was at Alabama. They had Josh Jacobs. It's understandable. Uh, Javante Williams was hit all six of these and he uh, has the PFF record for most tackles broken. If I, if I don't recall, uh, and he, you, you can tell when you watch game film on him, like you watch it and you're like, nobody can tackle this guy. He just runs over anybody. And if he doesn't run him over, he's carrying him for like 10 yards. He's, he's awesome to watch play football. Just don't know how, if he's going to be able to do that, uh, at his size, he he's over the barometer, but he's not like as big as Najee Harris is. So I think, landing I think he is what's important. I think his uh, size weight is actually good though for the NFL. He's he is a little shorter. He's not Najee yeah. Harris, which is you know six two six three. He's only five ten, but he's carrying two hundred and twenty pounds, which at that height, that's that's tough to tackle. I, I love tough. my running backs to be a little uh, stockier, a little bit lower yeah. to the ground, and so yeah, yeah it kind of depends on what you like. I like um, I like like the Chris Johnson type frame. A little bit taller, a little bit skinnier. Guys can break free. That's where Travis Etienne is why I like him so much. I'm still waiting for uh, the next Maurice Jones-Drew to come out. <laughs> Javante Williams is more like Ray Rice than it. I know he's not MJD, Maurice Jones-Drew. Right? MJD was, he was, he was a literally bowling ball. just a, a boulder. <laughs> he just looked like a tree stump. I'd mm-hmm. hate to try to tackle him personally. Oh, yeah, me too. But... I'm not stepping in front of any of these guys at full speed. Not a chance. Nope. But Landing no, I, I like uh, Javante Williams and I, I, I do really like Najee Harris, but I, yeah, I'm with you hundred percent that the landing spot for all of these guys are just so important when it comes to their careers and fantasy. It's yeah. Like almost yeah. the most important thing. Cause, cause I almost, I think one of the running backs that, is maybe 10 spots down on your board. If he goes to the right spot and these guys don't, <laughs> that guy's better fantasy. Yeah. That, I mean, it, it certainly could happen. Landing spot is incredibly important. Volume's important, which is why you want three down back. Um, but these three guys, why they're up there in tier one is because they can do all three. Uh, Najee Harris for his size is an incredible pass catcher, which is to me like something I still can't really fathom. Um, but he has the best hands at the RB position. And uh, he's going to be someone who's going to be a staple of your team for you know, five years. Uh, when, when transitioning over to tier two, I think this is like the biggest tier difference. So when I look at this class compared to last year's class, last year's class had five or six guys in, in tier one, then uh, nobody this draft class only has three guys, and then there's a huge tier break. So in tier two, I have Kenneth Gainwell um, at my fourth spot, Chuba Hubbard at fifth, Michael Carter Jr. at sixth. And um, they all hit a lot of these metrics. So five out of six for Kenneth Gainwell, six out of six for Chuba Hubbard, and then Michael Carter, five out of six. Uh, one of the things I think with each of these players is they're they're good at one thing and then they lack, they have weaknesses in other areas. So Kenneth Gainwell and Michael Carter, they're more third bound, third round, sorry, third down backs. Uh, I don't think there's someone who can 
carry the load 20, 30, 25 times a game. Chuba Hubbard, on the other hand, um, probably going to get you 22 carries a game, but he's just kind of average. He's average at a lot of things. He had a really good freshman, sophomore season, and then a really bad season last year. Uh, if he would have came out last year, he probably would have been up there with those other guys. But he's he had a really he had the worst uh, season out of anybody in college. Yeah, um, I do really like uh, Gainwell and Michael Carter. I, I and I agree yeah. with you that both of them are undersized and they are uh, they're kind of more this the, the newer NFL where running backs can be a little smaller and then kick out to the slot they are mm-hmm. uh definitely benefiting from that 10 years ago those guys are probably not drafted in the top five rounds they're too small too we small. can't use them yeah kenneth gainwell is awesome i was watching a lot of film on antonio gibson last year when i was doing my research and the player who kept standing out to me with Ken- was kenneth gainwell i was like who's that running back is he already out like what's his story why is no one talking about him and if you don't know, he sat out last year, but he has um, 2019 film to watch. And you'll see that he was easily a better running back at the time than Antonio Gibson. But I think he lacks the upside that Gibson brought. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, I mean, North Carolina was great last year and they have two running backs on your list here, one in tier one with the... Oh. Javante Williams and then Michael Carter. Uh, they're both great. Yeah. Um, Last time the, we had that was Auburn, Cadillac Williams and Ronnie Brown. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't expect Michael Carter to go in the first round. Didn't both of them go like early first round? Yeah. Yeah. They went. Yeah. But I, like I, I said earlier, I, I, don't yeah, think I know what backs. you're saying. But yeah. yeah. Um, I think the the Hubbard one is the one that I I probably go. Eh, I I don't agree. I'm not a, I'm not a fan. You're not a fan. You don't like him. Yeah, yeah. He's he's the one out of the six you have here where I'm like, eh. yeah. I don't I don't expect him to go very high in the draft either. I think he'll be a day three guy. I do too, which is what's concerning to me. He reminds me a lot of like Bishop Sankey, if the way that he runs the ball and his like his style, just with, kind of huh? with the uh, if it, if any of our listeners are wondering who Bishop Sankey is, that ought to let you know that maybe I'm on to something and not somebody you should be drafting in fantasy. Bishop Sankey was, I think, the the top running back prospect of his class. And everyone was like, this class kind of sucks. Yeah. So that, that's that's what Chuba Hubbard is to me. Was like, it, isn't uh, He was out of Washington, right? Wasn't that one? Yeah, of, out of Washington. Yeah. Bishop yeah. Sankey. Still yeah. waiting for him to, to make a breakout year in the NFL. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> no, he's not in the NFL anymore. Was... <laughs> That'd be really cool. All right. Um, is there any other running backs? Oh, go ahead. Real quick. Any other running backs that you didn't list that you go, eh, he was interesting, but he didn't meet enough of my uh, criterias. Like Trey Sermon uh, out of Ohio State. I mean, Trey just, Sermon just was pulling a name was... out of nowhere. I was interested in Trey Sermon. Um, he had some cool, some cool games. He's a good runner, but he's, for me, like he's too big, too bulky to be able to consider him a 2023 20, uh, attempts type type player. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I like, I like running backs who are, are more quick. Than I'll just, uh, I'll Loki. just note that he is much smaller than uh, Najee Harris, but 
we'll we'll move on to wide receiver. Well, everybody now. is. <laughs> yeah, Najee know, Harris but... is also faster. Sherman's just like a a guy yeah. that he reminds me a lot of um, Zamir White, who was thinking about coming out and then it didn't. He's going to be in next year's class, and he's the number one running back in next year's class. He reminds me a lot of him, somebody who seeks contact. But I mean, you would know. You watched. No, uh, for the record, I I also would not draft Trey Sermon, um, like okay. really highly. I I don't. He he had a stretch of three games where he was great, but I mean, he transferred from Oklahoma, so last year was his first year, and he he really didn't do much until, you know, all the TVs were watching, everyone was watching in the playoffs and the championship game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, no, I, it wasn't very good. All right, let's move on to what we're with, like really quick. Do you disagree with any of these the rankings at running back? At running back, yeah. Um, do you have no, first, I do think at landing spot. Oh, as far as the top three, like I, I the tiers I have right, except I'd throw Hubbard out. I, I only have five in my top five, or mm-hmm. you know, I, I would throw Hubbard out. He wouldn't be in tier two. He'd be in the collection of everyone else in tier three. Um, Travis Etienne. I mean, it really depends on what type of offense you're running. I like Najee Harris, but he'd actually probably be my third. Javante Williams is probably my favorite. I, I don't know why. I just like he he runs violent. Yeah, he's he's probably my favorite actually. But uh, all three of those in the right offense are going to be great. Agreed. So receiver. The the criteria for them to be a top twenty four receiver is a day one, day two pick, a breakout age of 18 or 19, uh, sub 4, 6, 40. The biggest one to me, and the, the like the thing I look at first, height, six feet or taller. If you're smaller than six feet, I'm dropping you down. BMI of <laughs> over 25, and then a sophomore season production. Interesting. So, yeah. so... So height, that's uh, oh, only related that's... to fantasy. Just to clarify, I oh, think okay. if, if yeah, if you if you're a receiver and you're five nine, five ten, like Waddle is, I'm okay with a, a team taking him in the first round. I'm okay with him being an NFL receiver. Right. Okay, I, based on the data, those guys don't end up being a top twenty four receiver consistently. As far I got you, as far in, as fantasy, fantasy is concerned, only. I yep. am. I'm still struggling to separate the two in my head. When I look at this, I saw, you know, Waddle where he is and we'll get to it. But I'm like, you're, you're on cocaine. Hoover said, I don't know. I don't know what friends you've been hanging out with in Chicago, but (laughs) I'm worried about you, bud. I'll say this. um, When looking at like the difference between a good player and then a good fantasy player receiver is the biggest difference uh, running back. You can be a good player in fantasy and in the NFL, there's not really that much of a difference quarterback, th- the same, except for the running ability at quarterback receiver. There's, there's a huge difference between uh, a good fantasy receiver and uh, a good NFL receiver. Yeah. I, uh, I, I would agree for running back. The, the difference is fit. To me, running backs almost entirely fit because mm-hmm. the difference between the best running back in the league and the 32nd best running back in the league is not as big as other positions. Running backs, yeah. there's there's a lot of good ones out there. Yeah. And so it's, it's just volume. scheme and fit, really, exactly. for me. So for, for tier one at the receiver position, Jamar Chase, 
he met every single one of these criteria. He was one of only three players to hit every single one. I think you'll be surprised to find the third one, and I'll cover him later. Um, but he's my only guy in tier one, and he's the the second generational talent in this draft, in my opinion. Um, there was nothing I I don't like. I mean, he was unbelievable. He's over six feet, BMI. He's a strong guy, great at catching the ball with contested catches, amazing route runner. Uh, he can make you miss in the open field. For, runs a sub four six forty. The only knock I would say is he's not as quick as like Jalen Waddle or Rondell Moore. He's not as agile as, as those guys. But what he is is better at is being stronger and breaking tackles and using his body to get open. So he reminds me, I think a ideal comparison for him, and this would be like him hitting a ceiling would be Devonte Adams. Um, a, a concern would be like Michael Crabtree. Interesting. Yeah. I, I could see both of those. He's, he's not freakishly big or tall. He's not, Mm-hmm. He's definitely not undersized, but he's probably a little bit above average in terms of height, height, weight ratio. Um, and he's not, he's not freakishly athletic, but he's yep. again, above average athletic, but he just seems to do everything you want your wide receiver to do. He, you know, he beats press coverage. He can, he can win deep routes and get separation. He, he has great hands. He wins at the catch point. He can create separation on, you know, the, the shorter intermediate routes where you need just a little bit of wiggle. Uh, he, he is my tier one by himself wide receiver too. Yeah. So I agree with you there. Yeah. I, but I'm not even away. a little bit concerned of his lack of production last year. He oh yeah. Out. He sat out the whole year. I'm just <laughs> yeah, not even concerned. I mean, I love the workouts he was posting on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have Instagram. I'm, Twitter list Bob, Instagram list Bob. He, um, I was watching today. I was watching some highlights on Instagram um, that someone posted, and he was, it was the championship game when he was facing AJ Terrell, mm-hmm. who I think he went to Atlanta, the cornerback from Clemson, shredded him, yes. like absolutely shredded him, and it was a masterclass of how to play the receiver position. He he did everything you need to do. Yeah, I agree. I'm right there with you. I think he's let's, awesome. Let's talk about landing spots really quickly um, because a lot of people think having him in Cincinnati would be a bad thing for fantasy with T. Higgins and uh, Tyler Boyd there. I don't I don't think that. You don't feel that be, same way? No you, way. You I think disagree? Be awesome. yeah, I disagree. I think it'd be awesome. Anytime you have a young quarterback pair with a really good young – sorry, a young receiver pair with a really good young quarterback – Sign me up. I'm in. Those guys would be an incredible pair for years to come. I'd much rather have that than have him go to Miami and, and play with Tua. I'd much rather have that than him go to Detroit and play with Goff. Uh, Carolina, there's too many weapons. Denver, there's too many weapons. Dallas, there's too many weapons. Giants, no way in hell. Philadelphia, <laughs> no way in hell. For me, Cincinnati would be awesome. I, I would love it. Yeah, I do think Cincinnati would be good. Um, but I that's from the fantasy side, but from the actual team building side, I, I do think um if Penny Sewell falls to Cincinnati, that's who they should take. Fair. And that's why you're you're doing the uh, <laughs> yeah. the real life. Yeah. I'm living in the fantasy world. <laughs> that's right. 
So tier two, um, there's three guys in tier two and they're all basically interchangeable for me. I think that there's, there's things I like about all these guys. Um, so I'll go over each one really quickly. Devonte Smith, uh, checks most of my boxes in terms of a receiver, taller, skinny guy, love, sign me up. I'm all, I'm all for those types. Of I don't players. know why I, every time you keep saying this guy checks all your boxes, I you just, get, I'm, I'm getting a little giggly over here. Do you like I, it? I keep wanting to say, <laughs> would you hand him your rose? Like, you know, <laughs> if you only had three roses, which, which gentleman are you handing your rose out to? Hooper? <laughs> Uh, that the, to answer your question, it would be Trevor Lawrence, ETN, and Jamar Chase. Those would be my three rose guys. Yeah, Devontae w- Smith is, uh, in terms of like what I like, uh, he reminds me of like <laughs> similar to DeAndre Hopkins, his his frame, taller, skinnier guy. I just can't I can't get enough for those type of type of receivers. Uh, he w- met four of the six uh, on the category. The thing that he didn't meet was all weight related, which yeah. is a little concerning, but I think you can put on weight in, in the NFL. I'm not too concerned. And then we can talk about Richard Bateman, but any thoughts on Devontae Smith? Um, I, I'm still having nightmares. He absolutely torched Ohio State in the championship game. And he didn't even he did. have to play the second half if he didn't want to. He still would have just obliterated our entire defensive scheme and secondary. I, yeah, I think he yeah. uh, he single-handedly dropped some draft stocks on the defensive side of Ohio State. <laughs> so uh, He did that for a lot of guys all year. Yeah, he was – you know, he is, he is really thin when you're looking at him, but he didn't yeah. play thin. There was a couple times, like, he was, he was still just playing through contact, like – Granted, a lot of that is um, like he he got a lot of screens, and so he was mm-hmm. getting contact from also, you know, skinnier, lighter guys, corners, and safeties, and that type of stuff. He wasn't hitting any of the big boys, but he was he was definitely holding his own, if not you know just breaking through arm tackle. So I I really don't see an issue with his weight. Um, I know the NFL is different, but there's a lot of NFL players on Ohio State's team, and he looked just fine out there. Yeah, uh, agreed. I mean, he, other than his weight, he can do everything. Uh, and he's super quick. I've never seen, for a receiver, he's the smoothest runner I've seen. When he runs, he looks like like a marathon runner. He's incredibly smooth. Uh, great hands, great route running. He, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, led Alabama in rece- receiving yards last year year and the year before that even with judy rugs waddle there um, which is always a great thing and the other thing they didn't do was a sophomore production because of all those guys similar to Najee harris not going to knock him on that uh, so weight and production were the two things that he missed on the the metrics but there's some caveats there yeah um, this year he had 1800 receiving yards and the year before he he still had uh 1200 receiving yards 1260 yeah so, i think that I, I believe that was more than judy and waddle and rugs yeah he had what 14 touchdowns last year too or two years ago in 2019 that's yeah 18.8 yards per reception um yep he was i'm great. all right he was... i'm all right with that yeah he was i think he was the best receiver on that team in 2019 
obviously last year, although some people are saying Jalen Waddle outperformed him when he was on the field. But if you watch the games, you don't feel that way. Like, sure, he had more deep balls. Um, I would much rather, tr- in fantasy related, I'd much rather have a guy who is going to get me eight to 10 catches consistently over a guy who's going to get five catches for like 100 yards on a good day. Yeah, I, I do think, um, and I don't know how much you put this into account when you're making your tier system. Devontae Smith is actually one of the older receivers coming out. Yeah, uh, I look at that a little bit more so for running backs than receivers. But like that, yeah. that's the one thing that's a little concerning with, with Najee and Travis is that they are seniors that came out. Uh, usually juniors would be ideal just with the volume of carries a running back typically gets. But I don't really look at that for receivers, no. All right. Yeah, I, I like him. Um I don't know. What What do you think is a good fit for him? A good fit for him? If he could fall to um, the Chargers, I would like that a lot. Um, <laughs> I like that yeah, I think that I think that would be really good for the Chargers is from a fantasy perspective, but I do, again, think they need to go O-line in real life <laughs> draft. Um, but... So the Chargers would be awesome. Um, I don't want to see him in New England. I would love him as a Patriots fan having him go to New England, but I think he's going to be horrible um, because New England just does not know how to develop receivers. Uh, Arizona would be interesting, but I don't think they'd do it. And then Miami, I think, would be good as well. Um, The last team I like would like would be Washington. I would love him in Washington. I think that'd be good. Yeah, I I, I think all of those would be pretty good fits. Um, yeah, I, I hope he goes somewhere with a quarterback that can get him the ball because I think he's going to be able to create separation at a pretty good rate. And uh, yeah, hopefully wherever he goes, they can take advantage of that. Who do you got next? Rashard Bateman, who was awesome in 2019. Like incredible. He was a sophomore who was just an unbelievable receiver up there with Jamar Chase, up there with CeeDee Lamb up there with Jared Judy as the top receivers coming out, but he was a sophomore, so he couldn't came back this year and had all these, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out, opting in and out. And then he got COVID, which hurt him a lot. And one of the weird things about him, and I'll say this really quickly, is he met um, all six of these metrics. So he checks all the boxes in terms of what you're looking for data-wise. Um, Production-wise in 2019 on the film, he was awesome 2020 he looked a little different which is mostly covid related i believe as well as just him opting in and out and then the the last thing i'll say with him that is interesting is he continues to get smaller i guess which is weird are you seeing this no i'm not that's oh my god so in in high school he was measured at six three i guess in sure. college, he was measured at 6'2", 6'1", now he's six foot. Like, I don't get it. And he, he weighed 190 when in college he was over 200 pounds. So I'm not sure what's happening, um, but he doesn't play like a guy who's who's small. He plays like a big receiver and strong guy. Yeah, he. Uh, I think Minnesota had him listed at 6'2", 210. Um, and yeah. that is kind of what it seemed like he played at. But... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, how do you feel about a uh, comparison, Keenan Allen? Yeah, 
I, uh, that's when I, I kick around with the, a few of the guys in the dynasty league I'm in. Um, I think that's the best comparison I've seen for him because he can run routes really well, great at contested catches, similar frame. He's not going to blow you away with his speed, but he does everything else that you want. Uh, he has all these like perfect attributes for being a top 24 receiver year in and year out. Yeah, I, the one thing I watched a couple of his games this year, uh, he did have a, a case of the dropsies um, this mm-hmm. this last year. wasn't a great year for him in 2020 in comparison. Um, 2019 was a lot better. If he was able to come out in 2019, he probably would be drafted. I don't know. He'd, he'd be a little higher, but honestly, last year's wide receiver draft class was so deep too, so he'd probably actually get drafted in the same exact spot in terms of, you know, wide yep. receiver, whatever you number you insert there. Yeah. Yeah. Last year's class was awesome. Um, this class I think is, is as awesome, if not just a little bit better with some top tier talent, but he was, he's going to be a really, really good receiver. Uh, I think his, his, his ceiling and his, what he's probably most likely going to happen would be Keenan Allen. And I think a floor for him would be like wide receiver 30 at at the worst on a consistent basis. So uh, you're going to get a really safe player. Uh, Terrence Marshall, on the other hand, complete opposite in terms of safety. This guy has all the the things that I would like to see from a receiver, but um, he meets five of the six metrics. But the thing he doesn't have is uh, in his sophomore year, a thousand yards obviously because Jamar Chase as well as Justin Jefferson, but he was the third receiver in that offense. And he was a the number one receiver coming out at, of high school. And he had some raw talent and it started to show up a little bit last year. So in terms of guys who could, didn't really hear much about him in college, but just came out of nowhere and be better than all these receivers, he has that potential to do so. I think... Uh... I think you could almost put him as a checked box for that thousand yards in 2019. They played 12 games and yes, he only got 671 there, but last year because of COVID LSU had to miss multiple games. They only played seven games and he had over 700 yards. So if you would have only played 10 games and at this current rate, he would have got over a thousand. So I actually think he probably is a six out of six for you. If you think about it that way. The, the one thing with that metric is it's sophomore or freshman production. Oh, I'm sorry. And he was a junior. But, yeah, I mean, to your point that if he played a whole season last year, I think, you know, that's not that concerning, which is why I don't, I'm not too concerned. There's, there's caveats with some of these receivers. Tyreek Hill's smaller than six feet. It's going to happen. And uh, Terrence Mitchell, Marshall, sorry, had uh, two incredible talents in front of him, which – if anything, he's going to learn from those guys. So I, I love Terrence Marshall. I think he's awesome. Yeah, and then I, the- I actually like him too. a lot too. I thought he was one of the ones that I thought, uh, you know, I watched a little bit of film on all of these guys, mm-hmm. like uh, tens of minutes <laughs> of film. <laughs> and uh, uh, he was one of the ones I was like, why Why are people sleeping on him? And this, this would yeah. have been, you know, a month or two months ago. And he was kind of one of those that, a lot of people, yeah, day three, if you're looking for somebody that has upside, and you're like, mm-hmm. I, I think he's better than that. Um, so I, I think now a lot of people are kind of coming around and he's in that uh, top of day two kind of conversation right now. 
Yeah, I'm great call. When I was first looking at um, who to watch, I start with like just an industry rankings, like standard rankings on like PFF or somebody. And he was way down the board. And I was, so I got to him pretty late in the game and I watched his film and I was like, wait, what? Why is this the case? Like he's, he's awesome. Yeah. He, he can do a lot of th- cool things. And um, then I moved him right up to the top. Cause I, I mean, I think he has the potential too. Yeah. I think Tier he's three. really good. I like him. Let's, uh, let's move on though. Tier three, Jalen Waddle, who is going to be a first round receiver in the draft. He only meets two of the six criterias. Uh, production, very concerning. Height, concerning. Body mass index, concerning. Uh, Elijah Moore, same, similar attributes. Doesn't have a lot of production. Lacks height. I think the guy's 5'9". But both are really, really talented receivers and are going to be good NFL receivers, but they're not going to be guys that you want to roster on your fantasy team, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I I like them because I'm thinking about it from a football perspective and less of a less like you in this whole mm-hmm. pod right now. The fantasy, I I I like Waddle. I don't know why I I like him. He, he was the me one of Go like ahead. Deshaun Jackson. Like if you're if you like to roster Deshaun Jackson type players, he's all for you. You know who I he don't. reminds me of? He reminds me of uh, Steve Smith. That would be. That would be his ceiling, and that would I, be an incredible, incredible outcome. I, I think he's he's kind of like that. He's he's a little more stocky at his slight yeah. height than uh, uh, Deshaun Jackson, who's who's very you know thin. Though he I liked is him better electric. than Henry Ruggs. Last yeah, year. I'm I'm with you too on that. Uh, yeah, I, I like Waddle. I don't know. I I hope he falls to the Browns in the draft. I would love it if the Patriots took him. Uh, I think he's, like I said, I think he's going to be a great receiver, but not a good fantasy receiver. I gotcha. He does a lot of good things, but not not something I'd want on my team. Um, Elijah Moore is a guy who people are all over, especially lately. It's like they're similar to Terrence Marshall. They're watching film and going, this guy has all the things that you'd want, uh, but he actually doesn't. He's, he's <laughs> way too short <laughs> to, to, to be anything really of value. And... Um, I mean, his game film is exciting. Like, I like watching those guys. Those guys are fun to watch. He can make people miss. Good route runner. Can go in the slot. Can play at the outside. But he's 5'9". So, I, I, yeah. I drop him. I, if, if he was 6 foot, I'd put him in tier 2, tier 1. But no. Yeah. I, I, he's slight of build. But he is uh, he's, he's another one, I think, at day 2 that people are going to get excited for in terms of real football. I, I mm-hmm. like him. He he just is tough to cover, and man, I think he's going to be a really good slot receiver in yeah, the NFL. But yeah, fantasy wise, I, I don't know if he'll get an, enough targets from the slot in the NFL to. And at five nine, unless you're winning deep routes, you're probably not getting looked to that often in the in the red zone and fantasy. That's that's key. Agreed. So I'm with you there. The the next player in tier three, and I think. You know, all these guys, depending on landing spot, could be interchangeable from uh, Jalen Waddell to we'll finish off at Seth Williams. But the next three guys are somewhat comparable. Ahmad Ray, Ray St. Brown, I have um, in third spot of tier three, Tylen Wallace, and then Seth Williams. And they all could do a little bit of something different. 
So Ahmad Ray St. Brown. I, I does. do believe that is Amon Ra. Amon Ra? Yeah. <laughs> Amon Ra St. Brown. St. Brown. He is the third guy in the receiving class who met all the metrics in terms of data. And when I watched film on him, I watched last year's film actually more because I was watching Michael Pittman and I would watch a lot of their games. And I was like, I like this, uh, this St. Brown guy. Who is this? He's, yeah. he's kind of quicker than, than Pittman. And he's, he's a great route runner and smooth and can catch. And then last year, like most of these players, except for Devonte Smith and Javante Williams had a, the draft stock was hurt by playing last year. And he was another one of those guys. I think if he could have graduated and came out as a sophomore, he would have been a much higher on the board. But because he played and because he didn't really continue developing and achieving statistically and production-wise, he uh, he's falling down people's boards. But metric-wise and data-wise and even film-wise, he he marks a lot. He hits a lot of the boxes that I look for. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if Alon Roth has a super high ceiling, but I, I think his floor is pretty high um, as far as the receiver goes. Uh, so I don't know. I think you like him more than I do, to be Yeah, honest. I think I do. I think he's a, a guy who's going to end up in like the third, fourth round of the real draft, and then a guy that people are going to take in round two, three of the rookie draft, and he could be one of those guys who breaks out uh, for, for you. I like it. Tyler what about the Wallace? other two? Tylen Wallace, uh, just a consistent player. He had a lot of production at Oklahoma State, but most people do transparently there. Chuba Hubbard did as well. Uh, that offense just puts up big numbers, so it's a little confusing when you're looking at what they really do. So film-wise, he was just average for me. He does a lot of average things. He reminds me of a, a player who's just going to, be safe for you but not going to be a good player never going to finish top 24 in my opinion uh seth williams is a big receiver who i really like to watch game film on um, but he's more stocky he's more of a contested catch guy so think kelvin benjamin but skinnier um think chase claypool but slower that's who you're going to get with seth williams laquan treadwell Treadwell would be <laughs> a, a bad, a bad. Yeah, that's case a, for him. That's a comp. I don't know if it's a good one. The thing with like Auburn too, not good quarterbacks ever. And um, Darius no. Slayton came from Auburn a couple years back and and popped in the NFL. And Seth Williams has uh, a significantly different skill set than than him. Uh, Mike Williams actually is a pretty good comparison to Seth Williams. I think if if Seth Williams was at Clemson or was at Alabama or LSU, we'd be talking about him as one of these top guys. So he has a a lot of potential as well. Yeah, I like I actually out of those two, I like Tylen Wallace. He's one of the ones that I I feel like could be being slept on a little bit. I mean, he had a great year. He's explosive, he and I, I mean, he's not. He's not on TV very often, so you know the media is not following him. But I actually, <laughs> I actually like him. He's one of the ones I I watched. And I'm like, yeah, this, this guy's pretty good too. Not to uh, not to the same extent as uh, Terrence Marshall, but he was one of the ones I was like, I, I think he's better than people are saying. Yeah, he he, he could have came out last year. I recall 
And when I was ranking my players last year, he was behind Ayuk and Michael Pittman. He was right behind them and ahead of Chase Claypool. Uh, came back this year, like most guys, draft stock went down. Yeah. I, I like production when I'm looking at uh, players. I, I I still look at production. I mean, potential is is extremely important when you're mm-hmm. talking about the draft, but I, I like production. I think being proving that you can do it at the college level is still important, even though it isn't always the end all be all when yeah. translating to the NFL. I, I still think it's a it's a nice box to check. And Helen Wallace has been productive in college, so yeah, he I like absolutely him. has been. Uh, tier four is guys that I I'm just not drafting personally. They're good players. <laughs> I think they're they could be good, but I'm not going to take the risk. And there's some big names here, starting with Rondell Moore, huge name who I think is going to be a potential first round pl- real player, not on my draft board personally. Uh, That's interesting. Short. He's he's he checks five out of six boxes. Mm-hmm. He and does. he's not he's not even on your uh draft board. You just don't like rostering what are we, small what are we doing here? What, what <laughs> I don't are like rostering boxes? small receivers are, who who have what are zero these? five very, out of six? Little. What are we doing here, Hoof? <laughs> if you look back at the last you got, you got, five, ten years, you got Jalen Waddles two out of six, <laughs> and Rondell Moore, similar player size and speed and mm-hmm. this and that. Five production, out of six production. Rondo Moore, yeah. freshman sophomore, had incredible numbers. Junior year was quite frankly shit, and he just wasn't good last year. Like I have right. no idea why. He I think I of... know what the, I think I know what the issue is. Then okay, there are six different criteria, but you have them weighted differently. They're not all weighted at one point, and so yeah. There, there needs to, we need to have a different scale. That's the issue. <laughs> okay, but we'll we'll redo it. Yeah, yeah. Um, next year, guys. Next year. Rondo Moore, though, for me is he has like a similar college profile to Jalen Rager. Not saying they're the same player, but a similar college profile where freshman sophomore year, amazing. Like there, everyone's like this guy's going to be incredible. Uh, junior year, final year of eligibility, just horrible season. And when I was watching film on him, like nothing really stood out to me as that good. Like Purdue just uses him a lot because he's a gadget player. I hate gadget players in fantasy. Those guys never pan out. The The most successful gadget player is Percy Harvin. That's it. And that would be the ceiling for Rondell Moore. I, I don't want that type of player. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of a really good gadget player right now. I'll, I'll, I'm going to keep thinking about it, but keep- I would actually put Rondell Moore He's, he's kind of in one of those, you either see what he can do in your offense, in which case, like, you're drafting him highly because he's a freak athlete. I know he got hurt, and so it's easy to say, ah, oh, he's injury prone, but I mean, it, was, it was just one bad injury that derailed the sophomore year. Yeah. Um, and But Purdue just, they didn't ask him to do anything. I think he got so many touches, like, in a per-game basis. But, like, I think like 75% of them were behind the line of scrimmage of all of his touches. It's ridiculous. Like he didn't, he hasn't been asked to do it, but that's another one of those where that doesn't necessarily mean he can't do it, but it'd be nice if he proved it while he was at college. Can we make some, some medium route throws and catches, please? 
anything. Well, everything was either like a deep ball or it was behind the line of scrimmage on the screen or a reverse. Just not something I like. Um, he that I'll say this though, because he's small, you think like tiny build, tiny guy. This guy's jacked. He's yoked. Like yeah, he's he is. incredibly strong. He he's yeah. in terms of Jalen Rager, like he's much, much stronger than Jalen Rager it was. Um, and he can break a lot more tackles, but he's also quick. I just don't like that that type of uh use for a receiver in fantasy. Yeah, I I actually he's one of those that uh in terms of real football i'm like ooh, he could be a steal and you could yeah. also be a huge bust he's he's one of those lottery tickets you're not sure what you're getting with this guy but it could be incredible actually yep. similar sort of to the next guy you have on the list who's that uh Kader- Kader- oh my god Kadarius Kader- tony there we go who uh hits two of these six production not there. height weight bmi not there this guy is like, um, if we were playing flag football, backyard football, he'd be the best receiver in this class. He's incredibly agile. He's incredibly quick. He makes these highlight plays that if you're just watching highlights, you're going to rank him really high. But at Florida, there was just no production there. Um, a lot of drop balls, not a good route runner. Good once the ball's in his hands, but that's about it. Yeah, he's, he's one of those that, the freak of an athlete that he is and the fact that Trask was there this last year who, you know, he's as far as college quarterbacks go, he's a great college quarterback. Yeah. He was great. Why aren't, why aren't you performing better? Like I, you go, is it scheme? What, what, what's going on here? But when he does get the ball in his hands, he, he moves differently than a lot of other guys. He just, he has some some serious wiggle to him. He's fun mm-hmm. to watch mm-hmm. as far as like the way he can make guys miss and just take creative, you know, uh, paths to get yards. It, it's exciting every time he touches it. And actually, I don't know if he would test as good as Rondell Moore, but I do think he's more elusive. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. I agree. When I was watching film, that's what I saw. Um I would rather have like, I guess a college player. I'd rather have a Tony type player who's more elusive in, you know, past line of scrimmage. Uh, but for me, like, I'm not going to draft him. I don't care where, where, if I'm the fifth round. Like, I'm not taking a guy like that. Um, you just keep, you roster him hoping he's ever going to pan out. And his ceiling, and his, this is a long shot. His ceiling for me is like uh, Curtis Samuel similar style player but he's a little bit more agile than curtis samuel is so that's what you're looking at in my opinion he he's actually one um speaking of like percy harvin and curtis samuel <clears throat> both of those guys were under urban meyer Kadarius tony i mean i know a lot of people will make the connection because he went to florida but with Urban Meyer, he could play that kind of like Percy Harvin role. I, I don't okay, know if they're lied. even going to have lied. an offense. I don't know if I don't know if they're going to have that type of offense there, or if he's going to go mm-hmm. to more of a pro style. Uh, but it would it would make sense if he was trying to fill that role. Kadarius yeah, I mean they have Chenault there, who some are saying could fill that role. Yeah, um, I agree with that but too. It, if I had the fourth, if it was the fourth round and Tony went to Jacksonville. I'll take him there, but 
other than that, like I can't see an NFL offense. Maybe, maybe Kansas City, but they've yeah. I was just about even. to say, I was like, the Chiefs would be kind of neat, though. I, I don't know. Andy Reid would find a way. Yeah, when when looking at like sub six foot receivers, Tyree kills. I think the only top twenty four guy. And then you look at years past. You Steve Smith is one. Tyler Lockett is one. T. Y. Hilton. Hilton was was one for a period of time. T. Y. Hilton and Tony are somewhat similar styles. Um, why am I drawing a blank? The crazy the, guy who was on uh, the championship team um, uh, for Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Oakland Raiders. Hard knocks, crazy guy. Antonio Bipolar. Brown. What? Antonio Brown, five ten. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's for like five or whatever years straight. He was in the top five. Yep, that's he's fair. A, but uh, a, all the other guys over six feet. <laughs> okay, I'm sure I'm sure so, we're probably missing a couple others, but yeah, I I do think that height is an important thing when it comes to the receiver position but it's not the most important, but I, yeah. yeah. When it comes to fantasy where touchdowns mean so much height mm-hmm. is a big deal in the red zone. And so, yeah. And, yeah. and speaking of height, the next guy, um, I'm going to botch this first name. Do you, do you know it? Tamorian. Florida state. Tamorian. I have no idea. I didn't actually even know who this was. This is not okay. somebody I've watched film on. So, okay. So I'm going to mispronounce his name. He played at Florida state. Sorry, alumni. Tam- Tamorian Terry. The guy um, has like all the potential in the world because he's incredibly tall. He had a lot of uh, buzz coming out of high school and there was just no production there for college. Uh, was that the, the quarterbacks, the Florida State quarterbacks were horrible potentially, um, but he's somebody who I would definitely take a, a late round flyer on because if he ends up in the right spot, there's a lot of potential for him because he does meet like the metric wise in terms of height and weight, but like I said, production just wasn't there. He's also not incredibly elusive. He's more of a, a deep ball player. Think Martavius Bryant, um, but less quick. That's the type of player that Tamari and Terry is. I like it. Yeah, then, I, uh, I have no idea. I didn't watch any of Florida State's games. That's fair. I, I only recognized him mostly from watching K-Makers last year and then some film this year on him. Um, but Dwami Brown is the last guy that Diami. we'll talk about. Diami? Diami Brown. God, I'm so good with we're pronouncing things. Yeah. <laughs> Diami. Oh, yeah. Diami? <laughs> Whatever. Diami. Brown. Not somebody I'm going to roster either. Uh, there was just nothing that I really liked when I watched film. There wasn't any production that backed up the numbers. He met four of the six metrics. Um, I think he's six foot, but I probably more 511 he's, he's got listed uh 6'1 uh six 185 one. he didn't play like it he plays he plays small he he plays softer than uh, tylen wallace did he can only do a few routes that i saw like just just not really a good receiver and well, i don't carolina they ran just special. they had they just told their receivers go go long we're playing jackpot just go deep I, and i'm gonna chuck it up to you when i watch their game 500 every like time the, the best receiver on the team. And I don't even know what the other ones are. Like there was nothing that stood out to me as like a, a good player. So not somebody I'll be taking. Well, I'm glad we talked about it then. Yeah. <laughs> He's the last guy in that tier though. Uh, yeah. Again, I'm not taking anyone in that tier except for Terry. If, if, if he um, 
like a late round flyer at most. Uh, but right. tight end to round it tight out. End, yeah. Draft capital, uh, day one, day two, uh, size six, three or higher and 245 pounds. You have to run a four, seven, 40 or less. And then yards per catch, 13 and a half yards. I have one guy listed. That's all that I care about. This is the next generational player. There's three guys. Um, Trevor Lawrence, Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts is the third. But you didn't Kyle give Pitt. Kyle Pitts your rose. You gave I out didn't. three roses and you didn't give it to Pitts. That's why I was Sorry, surprised. Pitts. I was like, Pitts is getting my rose. If I have three, Pitts would get one rose. Okay, I'll take one away from Travis. And Actually, realistically, I'd probably give it to three quarterbacks because you know I'm a quarterback chaser. Me too. Me too. You and me both. Uh, but Kyle Pitts, if he was, if he had a receiver instead of, at a position instead of a tight end, he would be right behind Devontae Smith for me. Um, I think he is as good as a receiver as Richard Bateman, Terrence Marshall. He's those tight guys, but he's better at catching the ball. On, I, I've never seen a tight end this good in my life. Like, oh my God, just watch. Coming out of college. <laughs> Coming out of college, yeah. Okay. Even like NFL, like he makes some plays and I'm just like, oh shit. Like, watch yeah. four games of his and, and, and try not to fall in love with this guy. He meets all these metrics and his draft capital is going to be there. Uh, landing spot is going to be interesting and I think could hurt or, or him a little bit. But overall, like the best tight end prospect I've seen and potentially the best tight end that we will ever see. Wow. That's some pretty high praise. I I do like him a lot as a tight end, but I think that I like him so much as a tight end because he's right now at this point in his career is more of a receiver than he is a tight end. Yeah. He's not an inline guy. Um, now getting into the NFL and they'll probably get him to be, you know, at least serviceable as a blocker, but yeah, as a tight end position receiver, he is awesome. Mm -hmm. Like he, he seemed like the only guy Trask looked for most of the time all season. And, and even though the defenses knew that, that he still got the ball every time. It was like he's ridiculous. also incredibly quick and he can yeah. break tackles. He's elusive. He's he's not a bad blocker. Like you wouldn't watch his film and go, man, he's laying people out. He can protect the edge. You don't well, want how many good blockers are there in college and the yeah, there's position. Not many. And if you're a good blocker at tight end, you're getting moved to fullback or you're just staying in line for, for fantasy purposes. Not something you want. Um, some people are comparing Kyle Pitts to like Evan Ingram. That's fucking lazy. This guy is nowhere close to the talent that Evan Ingram is. He's far superior immediately next year coming out. And by the way, tight ends in their rookie season never produce. There's a history of this, yeah. that they just are horrible. This guy's going to be a top five tight end in my opinion next year. He is awesome. Any other tight ends that uh, you would even consider? No, this tight end class is, is really, really bad. Um, last year's class was horrible. The year before that was one of the better tight end classes with um, uh, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant. Um, like, there's nobody I would even think about. I, I like Friar Muth out of Penn State. I cool, think. talk about him. Why do you like him? Um, he's, he's a guy that he was their receiver. Like, they'd move him out wide. Um, for college, he was their uh, Gronk, 
Like he would mm-hmm. actually go out wide and they just throw like fades to him. <laughs> uh, he actually is a guy who's a better inline blocker right now. So he's not mm-hmm. a liability. Um, I think he'd be consistent. He's an above average athlete. He's above average uh, route runner for tight end has, you know, great hands. I just like him. He's got a big body, uh, which I actually think is important. I think you had listed six, three, I I like six, five and bigger when it comes to tight ends. I just like a big catch radius. I think, yeah, I think I'm maybe a little more old school in that sense where I think of the tight end still as the safety valve, but I want them to be more, but they have to still be the safety valve for me. But I know that's, that's kind of old school. Yeah, totally fair. Yeah, I love, obviously, if like, I like the bigger, bigger tight ends as well. Um, I think more and more what we're seeing, at least dynasty fantasy football wise, um, smaller tight ends, more uh, receiving type tight ends are going to be more better for you. And the last thing I'll say about tight ends, because the position overall right now in dynasty or in fantasy football in general is the weakest it's been in a long time. And the difference between like the fifth best tight end and the 13th best, 16th best is so minimal on a per game basis where it doesn't make much of a difference. Um, But when you look at guys like Kelsey, Waller, Kittle, those are the three big difference difference makers at the tight end position. If you have a guy like that, it makes a huge difference on your team. And I think Kyle Pitts is going to be one of those guys next year and for years to come. So with that being said, if you're in dynasty and you have the number one overall pick, are you taking him number one overall because of the, the positional scarcity and how elite you assume he's going to be? If, if it wasn't like a, if it was a standard dynasty league, I would probably take him uh, third. Okay. I would take Jamar chase and maybe Devonte Smith ahead of him. And then I would take, and then I would take Kyle Pitts. The, the only, the, the difference there for me is the length of how good a player is a tight end typically only last till they're 29 30 years old just because they take a beating across the middle receivers typically you'll see them play until 32 33 at least so there's just another three four years of production there that makes the difference i would say that's that yeah that that's definitely true when the tight end is somebody who relies on his athletic superiority to get open but like people like tony gonzalez who are huge and could just like Mm -hmm. box people out and have honestly tony gonzalez is one of those tight ends that i can just remember thinking how the hell did he catch that like almost every time i watch one of his games his hands were incredible and he was able to play i I don't know past 35 obviously they're outliers but i think if you're bigger and you're able to stay healthy yeah then you're able to stay on the field longer because your ability to separate isn't as important when your catch radius is bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you're more elusive quicker, like Kyle Pitts is that starts to, to wear yeah. down a little bit quicker. Um, to your point, like Kelsey's a guy that we'll see productive till he's 32, 33, four years old. I don't think Kyle Pitts is going to get there. Ooh, Dalen, Darren Waller as well. I don't think he's going to be that productive when he gets to 33. I think he's 27, 28 now. Um, so just t- tight ends, they take longer to develop. But once once they do, they're a complete difference maker for your team. Yeah, I agree. If you have an elite tight end, it is, it is something that the defense only has to 
game plan for so often because there's not that many elite ones out there in the NFL not right now. The, the, Kyle, Kyle, last thing with Pitts I'll say is like last year when I was watching the tight end class, I was just like, no, the, 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 this is a sophomore who's way better, and it's Kyle Pitts. Like yeah. he just he was better as a sophomore than anyone was. He might have been better than Hawkinson was and and Fant the year prior. So, um, I tell you what though, if he falls to the third round, the Pats will take him. <laughs> if if he falls, <laughs> I'm gonna be thrilled. Oh yeah, no, he's he is one of those uh, fits. Where where do you think he fits best? Or like, do you think because he's a tight end that he'll fall a little bit? Uh, I mean, obviously mm. you're hoping he falls to you if you don't yeah. get a quarterback. At by you, I mean the Patriots at 15. So let me let me talk through ideal landing spots, and then I'll talk about like the w- worst case scenarios. So ideal um, would be Cincinnati. I'd like Atlanta. I'd like Carolina. I'd love. I would like um, Dallas. And what I wouldn't like, because I don't think he's going to fall past 12, I would not like Miami. I wouldn't like Detroit. I wouldn't like the Giants. And I wouldn't like Denver. Yeah, I don't I don't think Denver needs it. I think Miami, are you saying you wouldn't like it because you don't want to see him? I don't I don't like Tua. So I don't want oh, oh, I don't okay. want I see I don't oh want you're my you're saying you don't receiver. like it from a you're saying from a fantasy yeah. perspective, you from wouldn't a like it for his ceiling. Yeah. Correct. No, I agree with that. Yeah. I don't I'm not a to a believer yet i hope he proves me wrong though um yeah cincinnati be kind of fun um i do carolina's the one that you said it and i'm like yep that's if he the get, one if that would somehow be falls awesome to carolina it's gonna be wow that's gonna yeah. be incredible matt rule will know how to use him and they're just a quarterback away from like really blowing up but that team would benefit from a player like him all these player teams would but more so carolina Okay. Well, I agree. We I our, think that wraps oh, up our... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, should we do the overall rankings now? Yeah, yeah. I think we should. Give us, or at least your top 10. I don't know what you were thinking for overall ratings. So I'm going to do top 12. And okay. for anyone who's listened this long, we'll reward you. Um, because my draft of this Dynasty League is May 3rd. And I own 11 of the 12th picks, which I'm super happy and proud about. Because, you know, Bob, if... <laughs> Bob and I have been doing these these Madden franchises, Dynasty stuff for a while. And I per- love youth. Rookies is like my favorite thing uh, when drafting guys and, and building teams. So I was fortunate enough to get 11 of the 12 picks and who I'll be taking. Uh, number one, Trevor Lawrence, no doubt. I knew this going in last year. I, that's wait, why wait, I got which so one? So you have 11 of the 12. Which, yeah. which pick don't you have? Nine. Like in the order. You don't have pick nine. Okay. Yeah. So Trevor Lawrence can be the first pick. Justin Fields, number two. This is a, a super flex league as well. So you roster two quarterbacks and you start two. Yeah, it makes the quarterback actually valuable, unlike our fantasy football league, which voted against it. Yeah, like I said, criminals. I would not I would not take Trevor Lawrence one if that was the case. In the super flex dynasty league, Trevor Lawrence one, Justin Fields two, Jamar Chase three. Travis Etienne, four. Fifth pick I'm taking is Zach Wilson. Six, Trey Lance. Seven, Najee Harris. 
eighth, Devontae Smith. This is where it's tricky. Eight is like, could go Devontae Smith, Richard Bateman, Terrence Marshall. I don't know. I like all those guys. Um, the ninth pick I don't have. So I'm not going to speculate on what this person will or will not do. Um, but if I did have the ninth pick, I would take Richard Bateman. Uh, Terrence Marshall would be my next pick. Javante Williams would, is going to be my 11th pick. And then Kyle Pitts, who typically you don't take tight ends in the first round of a dynasty super flex league, unless it's a, a tight end premium league, which this one is not. But I, I think, like I mentioned, he's up there with Terrence Marshall or Richard Bateman. So I'm absolutely taking Kyle Pitts in the first round. Yeah, I would. Uh, I if I was to try to persuade you, Javante Williams, put him above wherever that guy's picking at nine. Don't let him get him. Who who would you fall though, Devonte Smith? Um, uh, one of the quarterbacks. You had you had four, right? Yeah. Yeah, I would drop. I drop one of them. Okay. Whichever one you like the least. Trey Lance. Yeah, that's what I would do personally. Yeah. Yeah, not that it matters though, because again, I have never won. So, so actually, <laughs> maybe uh, you should all listeners out there just know that uh, Javante Williams is probably going to be a bust, and whatever quarterback <laughs> Trey Lance that you may drop, he's probably going to be a, an incredible success story, and they're going to probably do uh, thirty for thirties on him, <laughs> and, and in the good way, not one of those like, where did that guy go? Yeah. Do the opposite of what I'm telling you to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I'm really excited about the draft. And I, I think I'll say this to, to kind of close this out. Um, th this draft has some good guys in round two. Um, so guys from 13 to 24. But I think there's a huge, huge gap personally. And ideally what I like to do in, in when building a team, and I did this last year's draft, I like to do this in our league, Bob, is trade back so i like to trade back to the second third round and then try to acquire more players that have a better like up upping my percentage of hitting a gut player but i think that this first round is just by far and away better than the second round where i'm not even thinking about doing that i'm just going to hold on to these guys and and i think they're all going to hopefully pan out i think yeah a worst case scenario would be 50 percent of them panning out um but i'm confident that at least 75 percent will well, I'm rooting for you, buddy. Yes. And I appreciate you uh, putting your tier list out there into the uh, podcast verse. Uh, it has been a lot of fun going over this. And uh, next pod, we'll have to do a uh, a real life football, not so much fantasy. And uh, We are soon. doing a mock draft. We're doing a mock draft next, next pod. Is it the next one? I think so, right? All right. Well, uh, that's a little tease for you all if you're still <laughs> listening uh, an hour and whatever in. But uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. It's been Across the Middle. 